turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, if you listen to last the last show, I normally talk about financial issues on the first show of the week, and then the second one I uh, tend to focus on the bigger picture issues that affect our economy or you know, whatever it may be, whether it's political or, or economic policy, whatever affects our money. Um, this week, I made an exception because in the last show, I did discuss the three major uh, landmark Supreme Court decisions that came out recently. Um, and if you did miss that show, I'm going to encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. Uh, you can go there, click on any of the previously recorded shows. Again, it's yourpersonalbank.com. Each has a topic of what I to discuss, and I really encourage you to go to that. But again, I talked about those three major landmark decisions. One, defending our uh, First Amendment rights. The second one, our Second Amendment rights. And of course, the overturning of Roe, which is really not about abortion. It's about states' rights. It's the court stating, hey, that's not in the Constitution. It's not under our purview. That decision goes back to the states, which is actually following the Constitution. If you read the Tenth Amendment, it states very clearly that Congress, or you know, it states the powers that the federal government has, each branch, and then it states, and those are called enumerated powers. And the Tenth Amendment states very clearly any of those powers not listed are reserved to the states or the people. And why I'm so excited about what's happened, I I've been sharing this idea recently. I think we're seeing the beginning of a renaissance of freedom. Now, I was dis having this discussion literally yesterday with a person who's, uh, frankly, rather on the liberal side of things. And in fact, their first comment to me about all this was, oh, gosh, I hate it because the uh, Supreme Court is, you know, too conservative. And I said, I completely and entirely disagree. My opinion is the Supreme Court for the last, well, my entire lifetime, so the last 50 years, roughly, has been entirely too liberal, or even a better word, really not liberal, but has been an activist court. In other words, they've been acting more like an unelected legislature, making up rules, which is what Roe was all about. It was a series of rules that were made up by a group of justices at the time, seven of them, all old white men, by the way, back then. And they made a set of rules based on what was, a, what was acceptable for abortion. Now, that's not the role of the Supreme Court. Again, go back to the Constitution. What is the Supreme Court supposed to do? It's supposed to interpret laws that are passed by Congress and determine whether they are, follow the Constitution or not. 
And as I stated to this person, I am an unbelievably excited. I, I, I really didn't believe I would see this in my lifetime that the Supreme Court would actually read the Constitution, do their job, and apply it. And this person, again, who is leans quite liberal, in my opinion, couldn't disagree. In fact, they then understood where I was coming from. So I wasn't being difficult or, or, or contentious. I was explaining how, and they were like, why do you think it's a renaissance of freedom? I said, well, one, they protected our First Amendment rights with the coach and allowing him to pray on the field. Now, whether you believe agree with religious rights or not, no one, no honest, no person can honestly um, state that the that religious freedom has not been under attack for the last several decades. It clearly, especially Christian religions, have been very much under attack. No. No honest person can say that's not true. And, of course, this person agreed. And I said, the fact is now you don't have to choose between a job that you love and your faith. In other words, the court affirmed your religious liberty in the public square. That is awesome. That is a protection of the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And that's a freedom, Okay. So, again, this person couldn't argue that point. I said, and also, the Supreme Court overturned a, I believe, about a 100-year-old New York law that added infringements or added additional rules. They allowed you to own a gun but wouldn't let you carry it, for example. Now, I said to this person, whether you agree or disagree with gun rights, it does not matter. The fact is it's the Second Amendment of the Constitution. It's a freedom that we as citizens enjoy, that allows us to protect ourselves from those that might do harm. That's why it's there. And that freedom was upheld. And, and again, she could not disagree with that point. So again, the First and Second Amendment were upheld, were preserved by the Supreme Court. And again, the Roe decision, again, a lot of people are very worked up about it because of the, there's a lot of emotion surrounding abortion. I understand that. But the ruling was really not about abortion. It was about states' rights. It was about what, whether the court had the purview, had the whether the federal government had a role in determining abortion or not. And that is in the Tenth Amendment. And I, and I said, I've got to give the Supreme Court some real kudos here because they did something that's very, very rarely done. And what they did is they stepped away from power. They, the Supreme Court and governments in general, Thomas Jefferson talked about this, throughout human history, governments has, have tended to accrue more and more power. That's what they do. That's what they tend to do. It's a rare occurrence when a government, of any government or agency or whatever, reduces or steps away voluntarily from that power. And the Supreme Court did exactly that. They said, look, it's not our role. That's not our purview. That's, we don't have, it's not in the Constitution. That's not, it, abortion is not in the Constitution anywhere. There's not a single word about it. And it's, so therefore, the states need to decide. And that is incredibly awesome. That will give us, the citizens, more freedoms. Some states will will uh, have abortion. Others will have rules uh, 
restrictions against it, okay? But again, it's a decision that the people and the states will decide for themselves. What's the right balance? Again, allowing the people decide. That's what a representative republic is, is what's what we are. I can't be more excited. Again, a, re a renaissance of freedom. Well, guess what, folks? I'm even more excited today because the Supreme Court came down with a fourth landmark decision that will lead to more freedoms. And, and fewer people have paid attention to this one. But frankly, this one has a bigger impact on our lives, I believe, than even the other three combined. And what it is, is this ruling was West Virginia versus the EPA. And the basics of this are quite simply, West Virginia sued the EPA because as they stated, the rules that the EPA were putting into place would in fact eliminate the coal industry. We all know that our current administration and the EPA in particular, using the power of the EPA, are doing everything in their power to reduce energy production because they have this mantra of uh, electric, you know, you know, green energy, right? But that kind of action will fundamentally change our economy and entire industries. And the argument was by West Virginia was that EPA does not have the authority to fundamentally change or eliminate an entire industry. Congress has that authority, but Congress did not give, explicitly give that authority to the EPA. And the Supreme Court agreed. Now, why this is such a big deal, folks? Now, here's what I want you to understand this and why it's a day to celebrate. Ever since Roosevelt, who basically created all these alphabet soup uh, agencies, it started all the way back then, and then there's been many, many more that have been um, added to the federal bureaucracy, and over the last number of decades, it has grown and grown and grown in power and control and impact on our lives. Pick an agency. Pick an, it doesn't seem that. And they run more or less rampant many times trampling our, our freedoms, impacting our lives in many ways. We don't have to go any farther than the, what the CDC did regarding shutting down our economy for COVID, for example. Wiped out millions of small businesses or severely curtailed them, which had devastating economic impacts for millions of Americans. That's a very obvious example. Shutting down the Keystone Pipeline and other pipelines had devastating economic impacts for those involved with the oil industry and with those projects. My opinion, unconstitutional. This ruling will curtail, will clip the power of these alphabet agencies. Folks, this is huge. I, again, I have been stating, if you listen to this show for any period of time, I've been stating for a while that the biggest threat to our freedom is not the elected officials that we elect. It's, it's, if those aren't bad enough, the real threat, the real threat is these federal bureaucracies, these bureau unelected bureaucrats that are basically giving, given almost free reign to you know, pursue the uh, political ambitions of whoever's in charge, okay? We didn't elect those people. There's no restraint. There's no restrictions. There's no oversight. 
and why it's so important to follow the Constitution, which is what the Supreme Court is finally forcing the other eight, the other branches. Remember, three co-equal branches of government, checks and balances. That's our system. It's there for a reason. Why this is so important is the judicial branch is now finally, finally forcing the other two branches to start doing their job. Congress, if they want to pass a law to accomplish major change in our economy, for example, or industries, they need to pass a law to that effect, which means they have to have the votes to do it. And that we have direct, you know, we vote into the representatives to do that, right? So we have an impact. We have a we have a voice, at least through our, our representatives, okay? And the executive branch can't just willy-nilly have you know, an agenda like green energy and just you know, go headstrong, head force, and go forward with their agenda without Congress congressional approval, without the people stating that's what they want. Folks, this is a big win. This is a big, this is a great day for our country. And so I'm getting more and more encouraged this Supreme Court is the beginning, I believe, of a renaissance of freedom. We get different elected officials in the midterms. That will continue the process. And the pressure that the people are putting on will continue. If you want to learn how to take control of your money, navigate this hurricane of an economic situation we're in, contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And if you heard the first segment, you heard me talk about this fourth landmark decision by the Supreme Court. And this one, I believe, like I said, it will have an even bigger impact than the free previous three, you know, the protections of our First and Second Amendment rights and the overturning of Roe. And this is the uh, this is the one where it's the uh, West Virginia versus the EPA. And basically, the Supreme Court clipped the wings of the EPA. I'm going to re- read one sentence from this, and this was written by the Chief Justice Roberts, by the way who's always been kind of in the middle. He's kind of in that middle ground all the time. But he said, as he put it, it's not plausible that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own, that's the key point, on its own such a regulatory scheme, a decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself. So the point he's trying to say is, it will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity. The point that the, the, the Chief Justice was trying to make, he even said, capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from coal. He said, he even said, he didn't argue the point, maybe sensible solution to the crisis of the day. So he didn't make a, he didn't argue whether green, uh, greenhouse gases or, you know, climate change or whatever was, was appropriate. But his point was forcing such a, a radical transition that would cause consequences of such a magnitude basically to force a nationwide transition without congressional approval they didn't have the they didn't have the, the the authority to do that to do that and again that pulls back the powers that the EPA has which is awesome 
It's incredible. Look, if we're going to make this kind of transition, the reality is the Supreme Court is right. The majority of the of Congress needs to agree this kind of transition needs to be made. This does not to be does not need to be shoved down the throat of Americans by executive uh, fiat or by some alphabet agency like the EPA forcing it down our throats. This needs to be something that's agreed upon by the vast majority of Americans. It's just that simple. Otherwise, you're going to have resentment, you're not going to have buy-in, and you're going to have division, much like we're seeing today. The Supreme Court is actually t doing their job, which is amazing, reading the Constitution, not making rules, just what, doing what the court's supposed to do. This is constitutional or it's not. And they're forcing the legislative and executive branches to go back to doing their job the way they're supposed to. Look, the executive branch doesn't have the power to make rules. That's why I've had so much issue. You read the Constitution, nowhere do they have it. The executive branch, their job is to execute the rules that the Congress, the legislative branch, puts into place. And we vote for those people, don't we? So the Congress is supposed to act upon the will of the people, right? That's where the people's voice come in, or the representative republic. We're, go we're going back to what the founders intended, which will give everybody, I mean everybody, more freedoms. This is a renaissance of freedom. I could not be more excited. Now, in a result, you know, here's some responses, by the way, to some of these things that have occurred. Um, Biden now supports ending the filibuster to support abortion access. If there were more of a wrong head, I mean, gosh, this is a guy who has made a series of bad decisions that are bad for most Americans. Here's another wrong-headed decision. He wants to support ending the filibuster. That is for, for abortion. Now, first of all, that is such a short-sighted, I mean, whether you agree with abortion or not, this is such a short-sighted view. It, 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 and, you know, frankly, <laughs> in some respects, I'm almost like, you know what, go for it. Because if the Republicans take over the House and Senate, in a few months, and they only need, uh, you know, 50% majority to do what they want to do, well, go for it, man. In other words, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. This filibuster, which has been in place in the Senate for over 100 years, is a way for the Senate to make, make sure a super majority agrees with what, what direction is going on with the country. The Senate is all about minority rights. It was set up that way. That's why this, you know, people complain, well, the majority doesn't rule. It does in the, in the House. That's what the House is about. It's based on population. But the compromise, the great compromise that was made was creating two houses of Congress, one based on population, so the more populous states would have more voice. And the other was to protect the rights of the minority or the smaller states, so that's why each state was given two senators. That way, the, the majority, 51%, could not trample over 49. That's our system of government, and that's what's most fair. That's what's worked for the benefit of our country for over 200 years. The fact that Biden now supports it, overturning, uh, or support ending the filibuster is absolutely outrageous and short-sighted. It's ridiculous, okay? And then he went on further, Biden, I mean, this is, 
this is just offensive to me. He's going on. The Biden administration is now has now actively directing teen mothers, some of them minors, to um, circumvent their parents, circumvent parental notification laws, and help them know how to get abortions. The, the administration should be ashamed for helping minors bypass their parents to abort a child. That is against the law, for one. And as a parent, I find incredibly, incredibly offensive. That's the kind of thing that should, and I'm sure will, make parents extremely, extremely angry. And I'm talking as a parent, as a father of a 16 and an 18-year-old daughters. Look, if that situation ever occurred, I would want to know about it. That would be a situation, although not be, obviously, I would not be happy with it. That if I had a teen, you know, we had a teenage daughter with a pregnancy. I think in most cases, most families would agree, not a good situation. But I, there would be something the family would handle as their parent. No one cares for their child more than the parent. In most cases, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I don't want the government or anyone else, for that matter, interfering with the parent-child relationship. That's our job as parents. I find that completely out of line and offensive. And that's the how-to-touch administration that we have. That's the thing we're dealing with. We, we have got to, as voters, as citizens, really think about who we're electing in the future. What type of people do we want to elect in the future? And we can't just listen to who who we may like or like or, or, or you know we think is more agreeable to, or, than the other. What are they going to do? Are they going to be the type of her, uh, administration that would in actively encourage minors to bypass their parents to abort children? These are the questions that need to be asked and addressed. Now, again, if you want to navigate this financial hurricane we're in, take control of your money, reduce taxes, reduce market risk. Your personal bank will do that. And I'm going to encourage you to contact me at 866-268-4422 for more information or go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can go there for more information. I'll be happy to help you. Stay tuned in the next segment. We're going to talk about some more challenges and exciting things coming up. So don't miss it. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ferentz at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And like you heard in the last segment, I was talking about some of the things that our administration is doing currently with minors they have they have this obsession about they think they have some kind of influence or control over children they don't and when they made this mistake earlier about getting upset because parents were complaining to school boards about what was being taught to their children and and actually calling parents domestic terrorists this whole idea of encouraging these extreme policies and of, of teaching teen mothers, some of them minors, helping them pass, circumvent parental notification laws 
and helping minors bypass their parents to abort a child, folks, that is just wrong on every level. And I'm saying that as a parent. We should get angry about that. There should, you know, this needs to stop. And these kind of people need to be out of power, period. Now, there's some good news. It's a small win here, but California won't be covering travel expenses for non-residents seeking abortions. You know, they were coming out saying they were going to pay for people to come and have abortions and stuff like that. Well, apparently they're not going to do that. Now, it's a money-saving move because, frankly, California doesn't have it. They've wasted tons of money on all kinds of other crazy stuff. It's a small win, but it's a win. I'll take it, and I'm glad that's happening. But there's some other things that are that are happening. For example, there's a Texas-based insurance company that is now offering employees money for births and adoptions in response to Roe v. Wade being overturned. See, we've, we've heard about so many of the companies that have offered to pay for abortions, which, one, in my opinion, they should have no business being in that, really. Okay, it's a political statement. Two, it's, you know, most companies, these are publicly traded companies. Do the stockholders, I mean, is that is that looking out for the stockholders' best interest? Paying for abortions and paying for travel expenses for employees to get abortions? And three, I see it as a as a a uh, very um, let's put it this way easy to defraud the company. What's to say a woman goes to the company and says, "Hey, I live in a state right that that has limits on abortion. I've gotten pregnant. I want an abortion, and someone are going to pay up to like four thousand dollars for travel expenses and everything to you know get some time off and go get an abortion. What's to say that employee doesn't do that two or three or four times a year?" I mean, they can defraud the company. What are they going to do? Ask them for proof that they're pregnant or whatever? I don't know. It seems crazy to me, just absolutely crazy. But whatever, that's those companies' decisions. If that's what they want to do, I think it's stupid. Now, uh, some other things that are going on that I think we need to be aware of, and I think this this is a uh, this is one that I think is important. There are now climate activists that are slashing. They did this recently in New York City. They slashed dozens of SUV tires in New York City, and they say major cities across the U.S. will be hit next. In other words, they're a group of climate activists, and they originated in the U.K. I guess they've been operating in Europe. Now they're now here, and they're rapidly expanding across the U.S. And basically their job, what they're doing is they're slashing the tires of SUVs that are parked and then leaving a flyer saying not to take it personally. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but if you slash my tires, they're called the name of the group is called the Tire Extinguishers. I would be really, really pissed. Okay, this is private property, of course, in these blue cities where there's a lot of crime and limited cops. Unfortunately, probably going to happen. So one thing you may be aware of, if you're going to a major city and parking your truck or SUV, you might, you know, keep keep be cognizant of this situation as it moves forward. You know, they don't, they're not, this is another thing that's so infuriating. They're not getting their way. So they resort to violence or crime or property destruction, throwing fits like two-year-old children stamping their feet instead of going through the proper channels and, and getting change, you know, rules changed legislatively or whatever. 
It's because the majority don't agree with it, and they know it, and they can't push it. They can't get the majority to vote for this kind of stuff. It, but it's infuriating. I, I will say that much. And and another one that's uh, just an, a, you know craziness scale. Cornell University removes the Getty, Gettysburg Address and Lincoln Bus from the library after apparently one someone complained. So one person complained, and it was gone. The, the Cornell has apparently one of the rich, one of the original five uh, signed Gettysburg addresses that were written by Abraham Lincoln, and they're they're removing this. And this is the guy that did the Emancipation Proclamation that actually freed the slaves, the first action that frees the slaves, and they're going after him. This is crazy, folks. I'm going to talk about this more in the next segment because you got to get on a break. But if you want to contact me, toll free, 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Tove. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show and you were listening in the last segment. I was finishing up on a thought that I want to uh, expand upon a bit further, and that's the story about Cornell University removing President Lincoln's bust and one of the five known copies of the Gettysburg Address written in Lincoln's hand. So these things were on display in their library. That's our history, folks, right? Apparently somebody complained. Really, frankly, don't even know why. But someone complained and it was gone. Are we going to allow, as a society, someone who's misguided dictate things like this that affect our history? You know, that's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, why in the heck would somebody complain about Abraham Lincoln? Okay? I mean, if he didn't do the things he did, there would probably be two countries today. Very likely, okay? And the bottom line is, if there were two countries today, slavery slavery would have been allowed in the South, certainly much, it may not, be a bit, may not have been allowed today, but it certainly would have lasted far longer than it did. I mean, part of the reason the South went to war was to protect slavery, right? And states' rights and things like that. But the reality is, and this was the person who wrote came up with and applied the Emancipation Proclamation, which was the first effort, if you will, to free the slaves in this country. And someone complains for whatever reason, and his bust and that one of the original, five original copies of this Gettysburg Address, which is a, a major, major piece of our history, disappears. Look, if I was going there to see, maybe if we were on vacation and going there and I wanted to show my daughters and I wanted to see some of our history and suddenly found out it was gone and disappeared, I'd be angry. I, I, frankly, I'm angry because it's been taken down because some misguided person complained. This is getting beyond ridiculous, okay? You know, they were talking about some of these other statues and things like this getting torn down and demanding they get torn down because they were slaveholders and all this. Lincoln didn't have any slaves. In fact, he was a poor, poor farmer himself. And he's the one that actually 
had a huge part in freeing the slaves. It's amazing to me that this stuff is even allowed. There should be, I, I hope there's some real pushback on this. I hope that some of the people who have influence over Cornell, like donors, say, you know what, put it back. That's ridiculous. That's my hope. We'll see what happens. And then probably one of the last things I want to share, I think, here are a couple more things that are frustrating. Then I'm going to finish on a good note because there's a lot of good news, like I said. Um, beyond just the four landmark Supreme Court uh, rulings that are just incredible. But this is another one of those things I shared a little while back. If you want to understand why things are happening the way they are, why somebody is doing what they're doing, most of the time the solution is to figure it out is just follow the money. Okay? And I, I shared this is public record. But our energy secretary, about a month ago, you were listening to the show, you heard me share this, that, you know, when you listen to her and she does interviews or whatever, you know, almost all you hear from her is, is electric cars, electric cars. She's almost like a robot. Might as well be a company. I said this then. Might as well be a uh, company spokesperson for electric, electric car companies. Well, guess what? About a month ago, again, public record. She just, when gas hit five bucks a gallon, all-time high, what did she do? She cashed in $1.6 million of stock options on an electric car company that she obviously had some connection with. Gee, wonder why she keeps pushing electric cars. Not a big mystery, is it? Well, here, let me give you another one. Why have we had so many politicians and leaders and different people and bureaucrats push vaccines so strongly. See, as a thinking person, when someone pushes something, the harder they push, the more I question why are they pushing so hard. There's something behind that, the reason why. Well, guess what? The head of the European Union and Pfizer CEO just sealed a lucrative COVID vaccine deal. Well, apparently there was a series of text messages between the, the EU boss and the CEO of Pfizer. And all those text messages have now disappeared. They've been wiped away. So, gee, I wonder what's in those text messages. Do you think there's a reason why they've just suddenly disappeared as soon as they announced the deal with Pfizer? You think maybe there was some sort of uh, donation, quote unquote, some political donation, whatever. Money's changing hands, folks. Come on, let's be real. Some kind of money benefits changing hands. Even Dr. Fauci, you know, he got, a, I don't know if many people remember this, but um, he was, um, it was public. They talked about it. He received a million dollar honorarium whatever, award, basically from the pharmaceutical, that was given by the pharmaceutical companies. Now, it was just, it, they put it in an award, which is really dubious. Is that even allowed for a government employee? But he got a million dollars from him, and that was public. That was what was in public. If we looked at his private financials, my guess, Dr. Fauci and those around him got much more than a million dollars for pushing vaccines from the pharmaceutical companies. 
folks, I pay attention to the stock market and, and stocks and and companies and what you know earnings and what they are. You know, you you need to understand something. The pharmaceutical industries, the big pharmaceutical companies, over the last couple of years or so, have raked in record profits, billions of dollars, folks. You think maybe some of that was because they had people like Dr. Fauci and others pushing vaccines? Just something to think about. Now, on some bad news, I've got to share this. The Supreme Court has, in the last week or so, handed down four landmark rulings that follow the Constitution that are going to ensure and enshrine our freedoms. And I give them credit for that. And they've stepped back and given control, more control back to the states. And they've curtailed powers from the ABC alphabet, uh, the alphabet soup uh, federal bureaucracy. So uh, all the kudos to them for that. But on one ruling that just came out, I believe, in my opinion, they really dropped the ball. And they gave hand Biden a victory, allowing the end to remain in Mexico policy. Now, I, I, again, I do not agree with this. I think it's bad for our country because the COVID policy has been shut down. So basically now at this point, we have a completely and totally open border with no restrictions whatsoever. Now, in the short term, I think this is going to be very, very bad for our country because this administration is doing nothing to stop it and doing everything to encourage it. And now the last restriction has been relieved. And so we're going to see a flood probably on the scale of we've never seen before. And it's been, it's been the worst it's ever been. I mean, the last month I saw the numbers, the number of illegal encounters. These are the people that the Border Patrol counted as encounters coming over. Obviously, they don't know how many because they can't count the ones they don't see, right? But the number of people that came across the border was almost a thousand percent more than it was in the same month two years ago. I believe two years ago <clears throat> it was <clears throat> something like three thirty-two thousand for the month of uh, May, I believe it was May or June. Uh, yeah, May, I guess, of twenty twenty twenty, I guess, or whatever it was. And uh, May of twenty twenty-two was like three hundred and something thousand in one month. The last restriction has been now been lifted. We're going to, in my opinion, we're going to see a flood until the midterms. And then Congress needs to, and the Republicans need to take control and act immediately to stop this, this invasion on the southern border of illegal immigrants. It's, it's, it's disheartening. I mean, it's just infuriating. Without, I don't want to be, I, I want to finish on a good note because I actually do have some very, very good news. And that is a couple of things. One, NATO has now officially invited Sweden and Finland to become members. And that just strengthens NATO, which will make it harder for Putin to attack. You know, I don't know that, I don't think he was probably going to attack NATO per se, but the reality is he will, um, um, be more inclined to less inclined. We'll put it that way. So it strengthens that that uh, so it discourages that further. So less likely the the war will expand. So that's a good thing. Hopefully it'll end in Ukraine soon. We'll see. But the expansion of it probably is less likely. That's good news. 
Oh, and back to the border, I almost forgot. Here's some, here's a couple of things I want to finish up on that I got to admit I'm a bit proud of, of my state, Arizona, that they are doing. First of all, Arizona just authorized over $300 million to finish the border wall, enhance border security, and, uh, you know, stem the tide of the, uh, the illegal invasion, at least in the state of Arizona. Now, my one critique is it should have happened two years ago, or at least a year ago. Why did it take them so long? But thankfully, they're actually doing something. Texas has been doing a lot. So the, so the flood is going to come. The problem is you've got Arizona and Texas now starting to really, you know, enforce the border, even though the federal government's supposed to, at least the states are. Um, but you got New Mexico and California just letting them in like a sieve. And that the problem is a, 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 a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So it's not going to do anything to stop them from coming from the southern border. But at least they're going to stop coming through those two places. All right. But the other nose that's encouraging and probably even a bigger sign of things to come is Arizona has now become the nation's gold standard for school choice. In other words, Arizona just passed a universal bill for 1 million students, which is basically, Arizona has about 1.1 million public school students. The state will now have access, the students will now have access to the school of their choice from kindergarten through high school. Arizona will be the first state in the union to have full and complete school choice. The parents will get to decide where to send the schools. In other words, the program will grant the family $6,500 in tuition per year for private, homeschool, learning pods, whatever. Folks, this is huge. This is what's the beginning of what will start changing the future of our country in the future direction. The children are our future, right? The left, the radical left, has known that for a long time and have been indoctrinating our kids for far too long. We need to stop it and change it and educate our kids into the values that the parents want, not what some far-left radical wants. So, like I said, it's guaranteeing every Arizona student, whether they come from public, private, homeschool, or whatever, to join the program, and they can get the money to go to whatever school they want, including homeschool. In other words, it gives the parents full and complete choice. This will create, this will create competition. That's how our society is built. The, the strong, good schools will grow. The weak schools will die off. So this will actually force schools to uh, innovate, improve, or die. And folks, there, I can't say that this is probably, other than what the Supreme Court has been doing, huge. I fervently hope and pray that other states follow Arizona's lead. I believe they will. There's several states, I believe, follow, looking at this and following. But this is awesome. So again, stay encouraged. We've got great stuff. We're winning. Things are changing and getting better. Contact me in the meantime to get through all this economic stuff, 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bake line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 